Good morning. Uh, this time a year ago, as a church, we laid out our new vision. And when we say vision, we mean we're talking about what we are called to as a church and how that directs us and, and where we're going. We have a vision as Grace Church to grow a healthy church that enjoys the grace of God and declares and demonstrates that grace to the communities we live in. And when we did this a year ago, it was a very significant moment. It wasn't an every day or every year occurrence. We talked about how if Grace Church, if the life and history of Grace Church was a book, then that would have been the beginning of part two. So not just a new chapter, but a new part in the book. It's a long-term vision. It, it remains the same today. God willing will remain for, for a while yet. And every so often we have vision focus evenings. And you heard about this already. We've got one this evening. It's a chance to focus in on how that kind of broad long-term vision plays itself out into the shorter term. What we're we going for in the weeks and months ahead. Such a good opportunity. I encourage you to come along. We want to get you on board with what we are going for as a church. Important stuff around our groups, as you will have heard, and our groups are so vital for us. And then through this week, we're going to take three evenings, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, to pray together. And I'm really excited for this opportunity to have kind of an extended amount of time to just call on God, pray for him to move, hear from him, hear what he is calling us into such important uh, opportunity, really excited for it. So I encourage you, I know it's, we don't kind of have such a crazy week very often, but uh, we wanna go for it this week as we call on God together. So we laid out our vision last year. Now this year, we wanna spend a few weeks talking about our key values as a church. And our values are different to our vision. Ultimately, they're more important. If vision is what we are called to and how that directs us, then our values are what we believe and how that shapes who we are. That's big stuff. That's in, we are who we are. We do what we do because of the things that we value most highly. I do, I'm, I'm conscious and I do understand that it can seem a little bit lame, inauthentic and kind of corporate when we start using words like this and talking about our values. Big corporations have values. For example, Costa, their values are coffee brewed with passion, warmth, courage, and trust. And I, I think that's a bit funny. Next time you're in Costa, you, if you don't think they're brewing their coffee courageously enough, then you can pick them up on it. It just seems a bit weird for those kind of corporate, but for us, these are real. They're, they're genuine and I, I hope that will come out. They're the foundations of who we are. We're gonna spend 10 weeks through 10 values and we won't go through them all in the same order actually in each of the sites. And they'll be delivered by our elders who we believe are appointed by God to have a particular responsibility to guard these values and ensure that they are understood and present in, in the culture and life of Grace Church. So having talked about it and prayed about it a lot, the values that we are gonna be talking about, uh, not necessarily in this order, are gospel, word, spirit, 
mission, discipleship, prayer, justice, fellowship, diversity, and generosity. These are the things we feel are our highest, most foundational values. And it's worth saying, we will lay out who we are, but, but in all of this, it, there's also aspirations to it. We, we do not always get it right, but these are the things that we are at least trying and endeavoring to go for and to value. You probably see this list and you probably have a decent idea about all of them, kind of what they are, how they might play themselves out. Some words are slightly more churchy than others. The most churchy word is today's word, gospel. And uh, that is actually first for a reason that I think will become clear. Given that it is a churchy word, it, there's a chance as you kind of see it and you think there's a value of a church, it might raise more questions than it does answers. So hopefully kind of uh, can work through that this morning. We're going to look at what is the gospel and then how is the gospel central in Grace Church and how is the gospel central for you? So what is the gospel first? As we say, it's a value. What, what is it? And I'm, I'm excited that I get to answer this. Great question. Really excited to answer. We could spend eternity answering it. I won't. I will try and do it in the next half hour or so. But it actually, it can be answered in a sentence in lots of different ways. Um, one example is in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, where it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is, this is what, the, what is the gospel? It is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile or non-Jew. So one short answer, that, that is what the gospel is. The gospel is the power of God. Well, that's big. Now, but not just, it, the gospel is the power of God. It specifically is with a purpose. To, to do what? What is it for? The gospel is the power of God that brings salvation, that brings salvation to everyone. Everyone who is good. Everyone kind of, it helps everyone who helps themselves. No, the gospel is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. Everyone who puts their faith and their trust in Jesus. First to the Jew, then to the non-Jew. That, if it's not clear, is, is everyone. Again, to everyone, all people. So let me just take a step back. Okay, so that's one kind of very quick bit of a step back on what is the gospel. I think most of us today will look at the world and, and whether you're a Christian or not and think it's not quite right. We feel that we should see light and love and life. And we do see a bit of that, but, but not as much as we feel we should. And we, we see a fair amount of darkness and disconnection and death. And that's because this world is a good world created by God and humans who are kind of in charge of this world are made in the image of God who is perfect. So there is some good in this world, but those humans, while still being in God's image, are flawed. They are, they are fallen. 
because it means we we don't just do bad things and sin, but we have sin in our hearts. So we so that's the situation. The world is created good with people made in God's image, but who are flawed. So we are left in this situation where we have some light and love and life, but also lots of darkness and disconnection and death. We've not just lost those good things in in light and love and life, but we've also lost the one who gives those things. We have lost God himself to some degree. We, we, We can't have the gifts without the giver. And we're kidding ourselves. If we think we can patch things up and sort ourselves out, well, we'll just make this world as good as it should be and make ourselves as good as we should be. We're kidding ourselves if we think that because God is good and just. And so we're kind of left without God and without hope. And no hope means no meaning. We all look for meaning and purpose, but we can't find it without the one who gives it in the first place. And the good... The glorious news of the gospel is that in that situation where we are without God and without hope, Jesus didn't just leave it as was, but he stepped in. That is Jesus Christ, the son of the father. God himself came down, left heaven. He took our sin and our sinful hearts on himself and he died for them. He then came back to life to eternally defeat the enemies of darkness and disconnection and even death itself. So now, those who are in him have light and love and life again. And vitally, they have God himself once more. And they can never be separated or condemned again, but will only ever have everlasting joy. That is the gospel. And it is so good it is good news for all people because of all that Jesus has done we are left in this amazing situation where yes the gospel is needed by everyone but it is also available to everyone so there is no one who is too good for the gospel we all need it but beautifully there is also no one who is too bad for the gospel so some may feel you know I am I think I am good enough on my own The world maybe is a bit of a problem, but I am okay myself. My heart is fine, but the gospel says otherwise. You need Jesus. Romans 3 verse 23 says, All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So there's none who's too good. But some may feel, I'm way too bad. There's no hope of redemption for me. You don't know what I've done. But the gospel says otherwise. The next sentence, Romans 3 verse 24, says, Yes, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. No one is more desperate than anyone else. We all need him and his salvation and his grace are available to everyone, to anyone who puts their trust in him. So this gospel calls us to live as beloved children of God. We're not just saved, we're adopted as his children. Not under law, but we're also not slaves to sin. And once we kind of received and believed the gospel, there's a danger that we can fall into either legalism or license, or to put it another way, fall into do it yourself or do what you want. I'll illustrate um, 
When it comes to general housework, my wife Liz can fall into a trap of kind of legalistic do-it-myself and I can fall into a trap of kind of licentious I do what I want. So it goes like this. If I hoover, there's a, now it might be that it is a genuinely satisfactory job, satisfactory job. I've, I've, I've done it well, but potentially legalist do-it-myself Liz can come and say, it's, it's not quite good enough. Let me finish it off myself. I'll do a bit more on top of what you've done. Now, equally, kind of licentious do what I want Joe can be a little bit inclined to think, well, then there's just, there's no point trying to do a good job because someone else who happens to be the love of my life will pick up the pieces anyway, so I'll just sit on the sofa and doss on my phone instead. I, we, <laughs> hopefully this will come clear. We can think, Jesus has not quite done enough. So I now need to go and do a good job to, to finish his work of saving me. To which the gospel says, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. It's not on you to do it. Don't try and add anything to what Jesus has done. Or we can think, well, Jesus has done it. He will do it anyway. So I'll just, I'll just do what I want. To which the gospel says, Romans 6, verse 1 and 2, what should we say then? Should we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Now, to be clear and to make what is probably the greatest understatement of all time, past, present and future, the saving work of Jesus is more thorough and complete than my housework. Now, whilst sometimes it may be necessary to add to my housework, it is never, ever, ever necessary or right to add to the finished saving work of Jesus. That is the gospel. So how is the gospel central to Grace Church? Okay, that's a thing that we believe. Maybe it's quite core to what we believe, but how is it central to who we are? How is the, the gospel foundational in the life of Grace Church? Why is it the first value we are talking about? It is hard to overstate this one. Now, that's, and, and that's not the case for all of the other values. You know, prayer and mission, and justice, etc., for example, they are all so important, but it's also, we need to be conscious that not one of those things becomes everything, and possibly the expense of others, whereas the gospel is everything and should permeate and shape everything we are and do as Grace Church. So it is vital to us that all of our other values are gospel-centered. Not, not do it yourself shaped, not do what you want shaped, but Jesus has done it shaped. So these are the values right, that we will be preaching through. For all of these other values, we aspire to ensure that how they play themselves out in Grace Church is centered and shaped around the gospel. Pick any, really. For example, justice. By that we mean serving the poor, ensuring 
justice, serving the underprivileged. We as a church want to fight for justice in this world in terms of relief, development and social reform. So that means we kind of give fish to the hungry. We also teach them to fish. And we also campaign to ensure that fish is fairly available to all people. But why? Because when we were in poverty, Christ made himself poor so that we might become rich. We have received such grace in our desperate time of need. How can we not go and do likewise and demonstrate the grace that we have so enjoyed? So don't just do justice because it's the right thing, even just because the Bible says we do it, because how can we not once we have grasped the gospel? Or diversity. We want diversity to be important in Grace Church, and that is racial and, and ethnic, but it's, it's in every way. It's age and ability and wealth and class. Diversity, as a thing, is actually it's a popular thing right now in the world. That's not why it is important to us. It's important to us because in the gospel, God shows no partiality. Everyone needs the gospel and everyone has access to it. Not one type of people group, not one particular age or anything else. So if we, as a church, if we're all pretty similar and there's kind of not much diversity, then something is wrong. Not just that we're not valuing diversity enough. We're not valuing and stewarding the gospel appropriately. Ultimately, it is almost true to say that the gospel is all we have. Almost, I, I, maybe it's true. It is certainly true to say that the only reason we have anything to offer as a people, as a church, is because of the gospel. So not just that we, as the church, as Grace Church, we call ourselves this local church, so it's not just that we have only have anything because of the gospel. Actually, the world only has any hope because of the gospel. Otherwise, it stays in darkness and disconnection and death rather than light and love and life. So, so therefore, the world only has hope because of the local church, not because we are amazing not because we're, we're better or special, but because we are those who are the keepers, the heralds of the gospel, the proclaimers and the declarers of the gospel. Because we have the gospel, the world needs us. So I, we want to be why the gospel must say so, stay so central in all that we are, because because of it, the world needs us. This, um, this building that I'm recording in, uh, the Grace Center, is, is a resource center for us where our Vision Focus will be, where our prayer meetings will be, our Grace Youth and stuff, uh, and, and where our Chichester site meets. The building used to be an ambulance station, uh, and this, uh, this helmet was, was left behind when, uh, when God gifted us the building, um, and it now lives in my office as, as a reminder uh, of what the building used to be and we've talked before about how this building so therefore it wasn't I'm going to keep it on for the next couple of minutes just so you know um, I don't think it will fall off this this building uh, wasn't purpose-built 
to to have a church in. It's not purpose built to be um, for a church, but this building was, it is true to say, purpose built for saving lives. And uh, now <laughs> Ephesians 2 verse 12 says, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise without hope and without God in the world. That describes where believers used to be. We used to be in that place. We were without hope and without God. It describes where unbelievers, where those who don't have the gospel, who don't put their trust in the gospel, describes where they are now. Foreigners to the promise, without hope, without God. And they, they need hope and they need God. It, it, so it is a bit like us, as, as the church, those who have been given the gospel, it's like we, everyone else out there who doesn't believe the gospel is in a deep coma. That they are, they've got no hope of coming around. They can't sort themselves out. And we are paramedics, right? We, we are wearing the helmets. We have the thing to save them. Now, we can't actually save them ourselves, but in the gospel, we have the thing that can. It is, it's only in the gospel that people can find hope and that we, they, all of us can be brought back to the God that we all need. Because we have the gospel and only because we have the gospel, the world needs us. But the world really needs us because we have the gospel. I'll take it off now. There we go. Also, it's true to say when we think about the the what the difference it makes to us as a church that we would be gospel shaped because of the gospel it it shapes how we speak into everything and and frees us to speak with both boldness and humility into the situation of the world we can and we should be clear on what is right and good and what is wrong and evil we, we believe we have access to those things and we should be clear on those things. But as the church, we're never kind of standing off pointing in a holier-than-thou way to say, well, that's wrong, you should be better. Be, be, whether, whether, whatever that is, whether it's kind of money or sexuality or immigration or abortion, whatever the subject, there is such a thing as morality and we, we can be clear on that But we are also clear as we do that, that A, we are no better than anyone else. Because of the gospel, we are reminded we're no better. We need the gospel as much as anyone. And B, no one is too far from the gospel. We can never distance ourselves from anyone in a way that means that they have lost any sense of hope. Redemption is available to everyone. So the gospel allows us to speak with boldness, but also humility, knowing that we are no better. The gospel is utterly central and foundational to everything we are and do in Christchurch. What about you? How is the gospel central for you? If you have never put your trust in the gospel, then the gospel is what you need. The the gospel is your greatest need today. You are not too good. You, You are not too bad. God 
invites you and he wants you more than you could know. He died for you. In him there is light and love and life. What is the gospel? Another one verse summary could be Romans 10 verse 9. If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That that is all there is to it. No one can save themselves, but anyone who calls on his name to be saved will be. That's all there is to it. Do it today. You, You need to. What about if you are a believing Christian and have done that? How is the gospel central for you? Well, let me just be totally clear. I will reiterate. The answer is the same. The gospel is your greatest need today. Tim Keller says, the gospel is not just the ABCs, but the A to Z of the Christian life. It is inaccurate to think that the gospel is what saves non-Christians and then Christians mature by trying hard to live according to biblical principles. It is more accurate to say that we are saved by believing the gospel and then we are transformed in every parts of our minds, hearts and lives by believing the gospel more and more deeply as life goes on. We saw, we, as a church, we preached through the book of Exodus at the beginning of this year and end of last year, and we saw it. Is, Israel, is, is always the case, this gospel, Old Testament and New. Israel was saved out of slavery by grace and into worship into lives of worship but the foundation the center of their worship was always their salvation it was always remember i am the god who brought you out of slavery out of egypt into a life of worship and it's true today the the way to grow is to believe the gospel more and more for example take end of uh, Ephesians chapter 4 into the beginning of chapter 5 is a great picture of how the it's it's always the gospel is so central in all of our lives Uh, writing to Christians he says be kind and compassionate to one another forgiving each other it doesn't just stop do that just as in Christ God forgave you follow God's example therefore as dearly loved children and live a life of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. That, that is the gospel that we are called to. We're not, it's not just, right, now you've, now you've been saved. Now go and love people. Now go and forgive people. Now go and do it better. It is, yes, love others, but don't just try harder. Don't just think, oh, I must be more loving. Think, Christ so loves me. Focus on Christ's self-giving love for you in the gospel in order to love others. It's always the gospel that shapes our discipleship and our growth and maturity and our moving forward. Forgive others, it says. Be kind and compassionate to one another. It's hard. Forgiving each other. You can't just, oh man, I I must be more forgiving. I've been told to. I've got to focus on what I need to forgive. No, the Bible says don't focus on what you need to forgive. Put your attention on the depth and the wonder of what Christ has forgiven you in the gospel. 
Focus on Christ's self-giving love for you in the gospel. Focus on Christ's amazing forgiveness of all that you've done in the gospel. That's how we go and live by way of example, essentially, for the Christian. To clarify in all of this, we, you're listening, are Grace Church. This is not kind of, you can't just kind of present, well, these are the things that we as elders or whatever have said, and we're doing this, so therefore that is what we value. We are Grace Church. So to have something as a value means that everyone who calls Grace Church home, certainly all of our members, everyone has, those people have a role to play in making that the case. You contribute to ensuring that we are a gospel-centered church. So what is your, what is your contribution to ensuring that we are a gospel-centered church? It is believe the gospel. Enjoy the grace of God. Love the gospel. Never move on from praising God for the gospel. And it is live for the gospel. De- declare it, demonstrate it in your life. Live out all that God has done for you. Let me pray. Father God, we thank you so much for the good news of the gospel. <laughs> we, could have, we could have just been left to darkness and disconnection and death, but Jesus, you got involved. You would not take that. Despite how, what it would cost you, you were willing to leave the glory of heaven, come and live a life of poverty on this earth, die a death uh, of a rebellion, uh, what, what a rebel should die, take our sin on you, be forsaken by the Father, but be raised back to life. And we, those now who are put their trust and faith in you, are raised with you into light and love and life. What an amazing gospel this is. We are so grateful for it. I pray and ask for us as Grace Church that you would help us to steward this gospel well and to herald it well. Would we be grateful for it? Would we understand the magnitude and the wonder of it more and more? Would we all believe the gospel more and more as we go through our lives together as a community of believers? And would we herald, would we declare this gospel to the world that so needs it? Help us, we pray, by your spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen.